you're eating like a wuss. You gotta eat like a man. <laughs> a real man. A real man doesn't chew his Fruit Loops. I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like, I'd have sex with that pot pie. <laughs> We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences from being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those swirly weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how Spider-Man No Way Home has become the Michael's Secret Sauce of 2021. And by that, I mean (laughs) it's literally anything you want it to be whenever it is you need it. That is a very good way to describe what Spider-Man No Way Home has become. I hope nothing that has been, like, leaked so far is in, like, I hope they filmed an entirely false movie to throw yeah. us off the scent at this point because so much has been leaked and spoiled and revealed that's like I just hope it's a completely new movie. Well ever ever since I saw that plot leak that I shared with you all, like I've gone full circle into conspiracy brain <laughs> where I'm convinced that like what they're showing us is only half accurate at best. Yeah, it's all Mephisto. I'm just excited to see uh when the movie comes out because like I think at this point I may be in it. And I don't know. <laughs> and I'm excited to see if I'm in the Spider-Man movie. You can tell in like the one way that I know that this movie is is overhyped, is so overhyped, is the sheer fact that as of the recording, the hot news of this week was that Sora from Kingdom Hearts was added as the last Smash DLC. And I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, because because all anyone's been talking about for the last three days is Spider-Man. It's not even the next Marvel movie. We no. have a whole Marvel movie to get through yeah. and most of a series. They put out two new teasers for Eternals this weekend. Yeah, oh, no yeah, one's... Eternals is happening. Yep. Uh, uh, the hype for Eternals is lukewarm at best. Well, my hype for Eternals is like my hype for other things in November. It falls between Halloween and Christmas, and I just don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't care less about it. Eternals. Yeah. Beep, beep, motherfuckers. It's October, and that means only one thing. Actually, that means two things. One is transitions. Two is that the Spooktacular Express is on a non-stop, a non-stop trip straight to hell. Except due to COVID, the SCTA's budget was cut and is running at limited capacity, so no express trains are running. So right now, only the slower local lines are operable. Wait, did you did you just give us a transit authority? Yeah, is that, is that the Spooktacular yep. Express Transit Authority? It is. Okay. <laughs> We're Someone's creating good, union, good spooky union jobs over here. <laughs> spooky union jobs is great. Uh, uh, so as always, during Spooktacular Express, we will be releasing a new episode every week here on the main feed during the month of October, plus an extra bonus episode on the 31st, plus, plus, plus extra bonus content for our Patreon sus- uh, subscribers. Um, listeners... If you take one thing away from our show, it should be this. What? Uh, wait, I want to know exactly what it is. <laughs> the one, the one lesson one from this thing show. I am listening. We've been trying to boil this down for four years, and the moment is right now. If you take two things from the show. <laughs>
One is power friendship. Two, comics are weird. Comics are weird. Comics are so weird. Mm -hmm. Super weird. Throughout the years, you've heard us cover the likes of Pacepot Pete, the Council of Reeds, the Sovereign (laughs) Nation of Greenland, and and Danny the Street. We've, We've interned with Batman villains, put Aquaman into Disney Channel original movies, and have signed cozy apartment leases with the bummeriest of the X-Men. So today, we're going to play in this space once more, but with a spooky twist. Today, I'm looking to adapt a famous comic book story arc into a survivor horror, survival horror game. So, joining me today are the best in the business when it comes to pitching fake video game concepts to pretend executives. We've got here Matt, Master of Unlocking Cole, Todd, what are you buying, Thomas, <laughs> and Kyle, stars, Harper. I've got one, one of those, 33%. I got the mm-hmm. same. Uh, I got two. Do we have any guesses? No. No. Are they all Resident Evil? All Resident Evil. Uh, the only yeah. one I didn't know was Master of Unlocking, but stars mm-hmm. and what are you buying, I got. Master of Unlocking is a personal favorite. That's from Resident Evil 1. Um, uh, that's what uh, Barry... Cut. Barry calls Jill Valentine, the, one of the one of the playable characters. He says, "You'll have to un- you'll you can go th- this way because you're the master of unlocking." Oh, I hate that. Or something. It's <laughs> the the dialogue. The Resident Evil one is a very good game, but the dialogue is very very bad. Yeah, um, very stilted. I am surprised that if this is all Resident Evil, that you didn't do itchy tasty. I don't see. That's I don't. A, is that a, um the journal that's girl? The one that was on the GameCube. Um, it was four. in a journal. Four. Oh, four. that's four. Yeah, the very first GameCube one, I think. Yeah, um, I I figured what are you buying is is a little more iconic, and I didn't want to do all RE four. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so guys, you've got Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Outlast. Guys, I want to create the next great survival horror franchise, and to do so, I need inspiration from comic book storylines. For whatever reason, don't worry about it. So, because that's the only thing that sells anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I want each of you to pitch your adaptation by first introducing the arc and what comic it's from, and then give me an overview of how that story will translate into a horror game. Let's start with Matt. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, I love me a good survival horror game, probably one of my top three favorite genres of video games. I'd very much like to just sit here and do a podcast about Outlast today, but I'm not going to do that. I added Outlast in here for you because ah, I know yeah, thank I you. have not played that game, but I would I very much need to. We're going to play it together. It's going to be great. Anyway, uh, so I would love to talk about Outlast, but I'm not going to do that because today I am here to talk about one of the most interesting X-Men story arcs of the 1980s. So listen, what would happen if you crossed a xenomorph from Alien with a mimic, and then, like, also kind of made it a virus. Rhetorical question, you get this race of aliens called the Brood. Now, they're aliens from the deep space of the Marvel Universe. Their backstory is super dumb and convoluted and ultimately just doesn't matter. So Are they are they just the Flood? Are they just the Flood? Uh, they're different than the Flood. They okay. are closer to Xenomorphs than they are to the Flood. Okay. So they've been here forever. The Kree made them worse. They're like crucial to the extraterrestrial ecosystem. Who cares? That's all you need to know. (laughs) The Brood Saga began in Uncanny X-Men number 155, ran predominantly in Uncanny X-Men 161 to 167, when the parasitic aliens infect the X-Men largely without their knowledge. 
Wolverine's healing factor makes him immune from the brood embryo, but leaves him largely alone to both discern who is actually a brood and mercy kill the infected. After the initial brood saga, the aliens continue to impact and infect different members of the Marvel Universe. So that's a little bit about the story arc that the broods come from, the brood saga hmm. of Uncanny X-Men. But the brood have continued to pop up in a ton of other Marvel properties and Marvel comics over the years. So we're not going to set our survival horror game in Uncanny X-Men because you kind of have to play as Wolverine and Wolverine and Uncanny X-Men does not a survival horror protagonist make. He's too strong and too beefy. <laughs> so our game will take place in every Edgelord's favorite continuity, the Old Man Logan universe. Perfect. <laughs> in the twilight of his life, with his healing factor greatly weakened, will Wolverine be able to avoid the brood long enough to save the Earth? And real quick, right before I'm done, I just want to drop a picture of the brood here. Oh, I've also notes. got a picture ready. So when you, yeah, oh, there is. that same picture that I had ready because it's it seems a bit more sexual than it should be. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, here it is. I is, had it ready. This is a fetish picture, Matt. Um, yeah. Oh, you, you um, put it in there twice. That's so because yeah, I had yeah. it also copied and ready to paste. I I want to be like, oh yeah, this is like way too sexual a brood picture. For one, a lot of brood stuff was written by Rob Liefeld, so like, uh, ah, um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> got it. But. Also, that is the brood image from the Marvel wiki. So, yeah, like, that's yeah. Marvel's cover image of the brood. I do have one more I'm going to put in here. Also kind of sexual. But there you go. Oh, yeah. Literally look like, hey, I'm going to copy your xenomorphs and just change enough that we don't get caught. Yeah. Um, I also want to offer, this is the Zerg. Yeah. Um, you've yeah, it's, it's pretty Zergy. Zerg. The Zerg. Uh, my other note was going to be, I too got into brood stuff in college, so I get it. Yeah, I mean, I I lived with you for a little bit. I, yeah, well, <laughs> we all have a face. Yeah. yeah, we've all been into brood stuff at one point in our lives. Mm -hmm. I'm real uncomfortable and upset. That's all I have to say. We're not we're yeah. not brood kink shaming here, Kyle. <laughs> hmm. So that's um, what I got. I uh, okay. I'm prepared to tell you a lot more about how the brood work in question two because I'm sure that's a question. On your mind. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that you are, Matt. But if you have any other questions, I'd love to field them now. Um, no, no, <laughs> nope. I'm good. I'm I'm good. Moving I mean, on from this. You you've got what if alien but old man. So yeah, right. there you go. That's pretty much it. Cool. Um, Todd, what do you what do you got? What if alien old man? <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't love a lot of DC comics. Um, and in fact, I probably what? don't have. Yeah. Right. And I, in fact, I probably don't have a lot of love for things that that happened before the relaunch of the new 52 in 2011. But the one story that I was vaguely familiar with back then was Blackest Night. And so um, for those of you who are familiar, Blackest Night was one of the last big story runs that happened before the new 52 launch, which kind of reset the universe. But it is a famous Green Lantern story. And so it actually came to be following the establishment of that the, there were other colors of rings outside of the green ring and the yellow ring. And so the story of the blackest night starts with these two green lanterns out on this planet and they find an ancient evil, yada, yada, yada. And then the ending of the story, which we'll get to at some point is the power of friendship. Anyway, 
I think that we can do something scarier and better than what Blackest Night did. And so this is how it will go. Like your story is going to start with you've got these Green Lanterns. They're on this planet far away and they find what is called the Black Central Battery. So if you're familiar with the lanterns, the battery is like the thing. It's the big lamp. It's the big lantern. That's the that is the battery. And so they find the Black Central Battery. And so this sparks this bad guy who is named the Black Hand. His name is William Hand. <laughs> so no, that's <laughs> no, it's not. That Hand. Super uh-huh. sucks. Yeah, oh. uh, William William Hand. Uh, he goes by Black Hand. So he shows up and he like pulls Batman's skull out of the ground because Batman is dead in this universe. Um, actually, we'll we'll talk more about Batman later. But Batman is dead in this <laughs> in this universe right now. Um, spoiler alert, he's not actually dead because, you know, comics. comics. <laughs> um, so this guy, Black Hand, he pulls out Batman's skull out of the ground and he's like, I'm going to start resurrecting villains. And so, uh, oh, heroes and turn them into villains. And so Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. So you got Green Lantern and the Flash. They show up and they have to start fighting all of these. They're dead friends because multiple, multiple heroes in this universe are dead. And so the the black hand, Mr. William Hand, he starts <laughs> resurrect. I can't Billy what, Hand. I, Billy Hand. I did not know Black Hand's name was William Hand until I started doing research for this, and I can't get it out of my head now. That's like no, it's, it's, no, it's it's pretty common. I mean, you know, we all saw that movie with featuring Jonathan Thanos. Like Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> you know. I was thinking more of an Elliot Thanos. <laughs> Wait, um, what about what about Hammond Thanos? <laughs> Hammond Thanos. Uh, so anyway, what you end up with is you've got this storyline where you've got these heroes of the Justice League. However, now they have to fight against what are Black Lanterns. So dead heroes that have been resurrected as like zombie superheroes with the power of lanterns. And so, you know, kind of the pitch here would be that you as a hero, you faced countless villains before, but how are you going to be able to face your undead super friends as they are brought to life right before your eyes? Like literally crawling out of their graves. As so much of the story as I have told you so far, it is a great story. And I think that it would make a very, very good survival horror game. You just wanted to say William Hand, didn't you, Todd? I, I just, <laughs> I swear to God, I knew of Black Hand. I just did not know of William Hand. <laughs> and once, once I found it out, it now lives rent free. And I wouldn't even have known about it, but there is a clip of Black Hand like crawling out of a grave, and the tombstone says William Hand. And now, like, it's just, it's, it's stuck with me. I, it, it lives forever in my brain. Comics get so lazy with their naming conventions for a medium that is also known for its naming conventions. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. there are so many comics that put so much effort into, into organizational names, like shield being the strategic homeland intervention, <laughs> logistics. something logistics division. I don't ever remember what the E is, but, uh, and then you, then you have old Billy Blackhand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Todd brought zombies, which I guess it's fair. Somebody had to bring zombies to to the equation. It's true. I mean, we've got zombies and aliens. So, yep, we're hitting all the tropes. Kyle, what do you got for us? Oh, if we're talking tropes, I get to round out the trifecta, Andrew, because I'm bringing robots. Um, Oh, perfect. (laughs) We all know Age of Ultron, right? It's Matt's favorite Marvel movie. That has nothing to do with the comic it's actually based on. But Absolutely nothing. <laughs> is that true, really? It's it's pretty true, oh, yeah. It has more or less. it has Ultron in it. Both properties f- 
feature Ultron. Age um, of Ultron, right. the movie, is like maybe the first two panels of Age of Ultron, the comic arc. It's more so just Ultron is a technological robot problem. Yep. Yeah, it, it was a real uh, it was a real clickbait title. Yeah, that, that's a Marvel clickbait yeah. right there. I mean, I guess like to be fair, that the story was threading together phases what two and three or one and two. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, the story was an MCU story to begin with. So I'm doing Age of Ultron, Andrew. Um, the real Age of Ultron. The real Age of Ultron. Um, so in my game, um, Ultron has taken over Earth with his army of Ultron Sentinel robots, and you are fighting to be to survive and maybe hopefully someday beat. Ultron and take the Earth back. You will be sneaking through New York City. You will be cobbling resources together to survive, heal, and fight back in a limited capacity, and ultimately working to try to put together a team of other survivors and fight back against the robot menace. Because, as we all know, the one horror trope we should actually all fear is an overpowerful AI hmm. because that may actually happen in this world. Yeah, I mean, I just came back from Whole Foods and I can I can guarantee you of the three possibilities being controlled by an, an evil AI <clears throat> built by a, you know, a supervillain <laughs> is, is very likely and probably already has happened. Yeah, the the AI that will destroy us already exists for sure. Hmm. Okay. Well, we we did hit all three. We, we've hit zombies. We've hit aliens. We've hit robots. Cool. Well, these all, I got to tell you guys, these all work Just really no well. Just no Draculas this time. Well, so we haven't finished yet. I mean, I'm not too far off. Well, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, guys. These all sound really good so far. I mean, they, they've definitely got the makings of a survival horror game. We've got old men. Um, we've, got, we've, got, we've got green lanterns, which are, which are naturally just weak characters in in general (laughs) the thing that makes a survival horror game a survival horror game is how the player is made to feel basically helpless either through intentional limitations like being old man or uh or through or you know in the more conventional sense like a restricted inventory like re or like resident evil or through you know like a ridiculously overpowered monster that's chasing you throughout the whole game that will kill you instantly if it touches you so I'm I'm gonna I kind of get the idea already, but why don't you guys go more in depth about that game-ending monster who's gonna chase the protagonist throughout the game, and how your protagonist ultimately overcomes it at the game's thrilling climax? Go ahead, Matt. Oh boy, Andrew, I would love to. So you see, the reason that Wolverine has to be the lead character of this survival game is because his healing factor staves off the brood embryo when they try to grow inside of him. But in his old age, old man Logan won't be able to stave off another brood infection. Luckily, the brood hive mind don't know that yet. Oh, did you catch today's Daily Double? I did say Uh. hive mind. Let's talk about how the brood work. So... The brood are... Are the brood legion for they are many? Y- yes. Yeah. Yes, they very much yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is absolutely nothing I'm about to say to you is original. Everything that you're about <laughs> to hear is ripped from something else. The brood is probably the most, like, mad libby comic villain I've ever read about. But basically, they are xenomorphs, except that when 
the the brood except they're also zerg yeah, <laughs> yeah. when the brood infect you they asexually reproduce and leave an embryo inside of you and the embryo matures inside of you without your knowledge and then eventually once it hits maturity it just like takes over your body and you become a brood hmm. but the thing is is that like the embryo as it's maturing can also like control your mind or whatever and make you do things that you won't remember doing and then once it fully takes over you can either become fully a brood or you can become like a brood version of yourself or the brood can just morph Weird. back into your form it's whatever okay. they whatever you need them to be to finish the story yep, this week yep, right yeah. yeah man the brood are absolutely whatever the brood are spider-man no way home <laughs> <laughs> okay i do i do have questions clarifying questions hit me so is this like a is this like a star trek borg thing where like they take over your mind but it's this but it's your body or is this like a like a venom parasite or is it like an alien like like literally like a xenomorph just like bursts out of your chest and it's just like uh, like like that's the alien okay so the answer to your question is, the is, is yes. both is, is all <laughs> d all of the above i'm i'm sorry to those of you listening to this podcast and not reading these notes cuz i'm going to drop another picture in here um i guess there's your there's your pitch to join our patreon and get access to these notes but here is a cover from Uncanny oh. X-Men 165 where Storm is taken over by a brood. Also a cover of your favorite Animorphs book. Pick yeah. whichever one you want. <laughs> but yeah. they, they cut out five steps to save an animation cost. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, uh, fewer frames in the walk cycle. So the brood are, of course, a hive mind. And they get access to this hive mind as soon as they are an embryo. So they just always know everything. The weird thing about the brood is that they they have this like canonical caste system and there's this really specific hierarchy of broods. But each brood colony has a queen. All the queens answer to the empress. You get it. I mean, this isn't this yeah. is not new. This is <laughs> I'm just telling you something that Marvel took from someone else. So, OK, that's how the brood works, right? The brood infect people, they turn into broods, and then the <laughs> broods infect other people. That's it. That's the whole thing. Okay. Is the plural of brood broods or brood? There are a lot of broods. It's broods. There's an S for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the multiple of brood is broods. <laughs> there are many broods out there, but this brood is mine. Yeah. <laughs> Without it, I am nothing. Without a me, gathering of broods. Got it. <laughs> All right. So. As the brood infect people, they claim the planet and, and eat everything. And, you know, it's real bad. They're, they're a predator. So sneak your way through America. America spelled with a K because this is the old man Logan universe. And that's how they spell America. And assassinate what you can. <laughs> it does. It, it does suck. But you have to avoid contact with the broods at all costs. Because if the broods find out that they can infect you because they know from their years of conquest and the other time Wolverine has kicked the shit out of the brood that they can't infect Wolverine. So you got to avoid contact with them in case they catch you and then you become a brood. Mm -hmm. But it'll take the help of an unlikely ally to throw the Empress brood off your trail. I'm just like, 
I, it's a Mad Lib. It's straight up just a Mad Lib, right? So what you got to do is you got to find Emma Frost because oh, it's the old man Logan and you got to find Emma Frost. And she's got to disguise you from the brood so that you can venture to the brood ship to retrieve the MacGuffin mm-hmm. that scares off the brood, right? Now I'm going to tell you about the brood ship and the brood MacGuffin. Please, Matt, can I make one quick guess i i'm i'm gonna not i'm not this but is it safe to assume that the brood can't see is that where you're going with this no no they can they're like intelligent oh, okay. um and can okay. see actually at, at one point a, a mutant brood ends up going to um logan's gene grade gene gray school of higher learning and becomes an x-men <laughs> his, his no. name brood. uh it's it's actually brew um, oh. <laughs> I know it sucks. <laughs> it's really oh rough. God. But okay, so no, here's the important part: is that <laughs> the brood, because they gain knowledge from the races they take over, they can like pilot spaceships, but they don't build their own technology. Most of the spaceships they use are actually space-dwelling living creatures that they infest and take over. They're called Akanti, and they're giant space whales. Wait, did I, okay, did I have a stroke and I missed something? <laughs> no, we're talking giant space whales, right? right? So the brood. A pod of a Conti, continue. Yeah, they're like the, they're like the, the, the worm fish that hang on to sharks and whales and shit. I don't Lampreys. know. Lampreys. Yeah, those. So Good pull. the brood infect. <laughs> I took zoology in college, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they infect a Conti and then they also have smaller, quicker ships. They're shark like creatures called star sharks this is all marvel canon i didn't make any of this shit up um and they pilot the akanti but eventually the infestation takes over the akanti and kills it and they crash land on planets so that's how the broods got to america they crash landed their space whale and Mm -hmm. inside of the space whale is this thing called the racial soul which gets transferred from one space whale to another space whale Mm -hmm. and the racial soul gets rid of the brood it's the allspark yeah man it's very much the allspark hey matt hey what's up todd how do you spell (laughs) racial soul exactly it's two words the first word's racial the second word is soul (laughs) i don't don't want to ask questions because i don't want to find answers yeah so we got we've got yep we've got your standard alien fair alien hive mind the zerg that drive a bunch of space worlds that are named after taco sauce okay so <laughs> todd <laughs> i i don't have any of that andrew i'm here to talk about super zombies have, how much taco so, sauce does yours have <laughs> none none taco sauce but um so your question is like what's the terrible thing that's coming to get you that'll kill you if you if it touches you so in the blackest night if like your best friends that are also super powered human beings that are dead and I guess not even human beings like Martian Manhunter is one of them. If them coming back to life as undead empowered black lanterns isn't bad enough. One of the like final bits of the blackest night storyline is when Necron, which is like the big bad, you know, he's just, he's just using a uh, billion hand, but Necron <laughs> shows up and, and remember how I said that, that Mr. Hand had claimed Bruce Wayne's skull. Well, Necron shows up. And he actually revives Bruce Wayne to become a Black Lantern. Now, Bruce Wayne is dead in this universe. 
However, he's not actually dead in this universe. We come to find out later on for reasons that uh, he had died because Darkseid had hit him with Omega Beams. But wait a mm-hmm. second. What actually happened was that sent Bruce Wayne back in time. And now he's doing Whoa. time things. But there's still a clone of his body that's here for plot reasons. I don't know. Comics were weird. and This is the last thing they did before they collapsed the whole universe and reopened his <laughs> New 52. So whatever. <laughs> Anyway, there's this whole scene where we're just going to pretend this is actually Bruce Wayne there. Bruce Wayne Batman emerges out of his his like tomb, his grave, and he starts vomiting out a stream of black rings. (laughs) And so, yeah, like these black rings that are that is it's a comic panel. It's rad. The black rings like expand through the like newly undead yeah the newly undead make more black rings that's how their power spreads it's a whole but you said thing. he he vomits a stream of black rings yeah yeah like one time when i was a kid i ate too many spaghettios is it yeah, like it's, that it's, <laughs> it's it's not dissimilar yes it's more like if you had too many fruit loops because they're gonna come out that like weird muddy brown color um because all the colors become one thing Do you, um i i think i chew fruit loops more than i chew spaghettios oh, well you're well you're you're eating like a wuss. You gotta eat like a man. <laughs> a, real man a real man doesn't chew his Fruit Loops. Why are you eating Fruit Loops whole, Todd? That's, we, we're talking about we're talking about John Batman vomiting black, black rings, and that's the most disturbing thing I've heard all day. I gotta create calluses in my esophagus, Andrew, like a man. I can't believe you challenged my masculinity over dry breakfast cereal, Todd. Uh, anyway, this is weird. Um, back to what we're doing. So. Okay, so anyway, there's this whole thing where where this this Batman who's not Batman, but it's kind of Batman for this story, he's vomiting out these black rings and they start flying towards the alive heroes and it starts turning these alive heroes into black lanterns because as we find out because of stupid plot reasons, Necron's like, ha ha ha, all of you heroes died at some point. And because you've died, I can turn you into black lanterns even though you're alive. And fucking I'm sure got him. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, like they looked up a rule in uh, in Munchkin, and we're like, "You did it wrong." And now you're a Black Lantern. And so, and so, anyway, since we're following Hal Jordan and Barry Allen, wouldn't you know it? Barry Allen does a does a time travel speed force thing and goes two seconds into the future and stops it from happening. But the biggest thing that happens here is that there's a huge reveal because we're going to fight all these like all these big bad black lanterns where they take all the powers of the lantern rings and they deputize a ton of like major comic book characters and villains for this huge reveal. So this is how you beat that big bad that's actually going to defeat everyone. So you have Barry Allen becomes I'll just name the important ones here. Barry Allen becomes a blue lantern. Uh Wonder hmm. Woman joins the Star Sapphire Corps. Lex Luthor gets an orange lantern ring since that's like the the jealousy the avarice ring the the green guy yeah uh the best one though and and just such a good pull is that Scarecrow gets the yellow lantern ring um because it's fear yeah mm-hmm. and so they become all these like deputy lanterns and and that is the end of the best part of this story because everything I'm going to tell you from here on out is actually kind of a bummer and not great. (laughs) (laughs) But, but through this actually very, very cool moment is how we're going to defeat the thing that, that, you know, that could kill you the entire time. Listen, I know that not everyone who's listening or even on this call is intimately familiar with 
Blackest Night, but like this is the coolest part of the story and everything after here is just going to kind of not be great. And so I really want to like harness this moment that we're in right now where it feels like this is a good answer. Remember this. Remember what Todd <laughs> as he moment. is now, not as he will be in a few minutes. <laughs> this moment right here. Hmm. Okay. I can't get I can't get John Batman eats his Fruit Loops hole out of my head. <laughs> it Fruit Loops swallowing Fruit Loops without chewing them is what Captain Crunch does to the normal roof of your mouth, just like when you eat it like a normal adult. Oh God! Now I'm just thinking about pooping out solid Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh no! Just, just bricks. It makes a clinking noise when you poop. Um, Kyle, do do different. All right, do do, do better, Kyle. Uh, Andrew, I'm gonna I'm gonna set a scene for you. I'm gonna open open the game for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, Clint Barton, wake up in the rubble of what was Avengers Tower. The last thing you remember was going into a regeneration cradle after a, a shield mission or something left you with a few more bullet holes than you normally like to have. So you you wake up and you fail to find your signature bow and arrow in the debris when two robotic sentinels round the corner and wordlessly attack you. So you are able to cripple one of them with a well-aimed piece of rebar or some other home-found weapon, uh, a la Jackie Chan. But without your signature bow and arrow, you can only hold the pair off for a little while. You can't take them out. You have to shake the, the pair of robots through the rubble of New York City. So while hiding, while dodging robots in New York City, you overhear information that Spider-Man is alive and captive somewhere. And you think to yourself, hey, maybe if I go save Spider-Man, you can start to fight back against the Ultron Sentinels. Um, so the, the way you are going to, that, that's how you're going to kind of be powerless in this, is you, you don't have your signature weapon, and you have to start to piece together a team of other found survived heroes. So um, you find Spider-Man first. That's like the fi- a fixed point in the game. But from there, you can find that um, any heroes you need to to help round out your team in your limited hmm. amount of time to stop Ultron before he w- ends the world or whatever you want to do. So you could go find Captain America and up your defenses. Um, you could go find Angel to add some healing to your team. Spider-Man, by the way, is going to let you craft bows and arrows and weapons out of stuff you collect around the debris of New York City. But that's how you're going to defeat Ultron by putting together a team and ultimately the power of friendship. The power of friendship. Kyle, quick question. Yeah. Well, I guess quick note. Um, I want to applaud you that you took Andrew's question of how can you make your character feel powerless and you gave us Hawkeye without a bow and arrow. And I think you, in fact, <laughs> you did the homework. You yeah. understood the assignment. Um, I do love when you're talking about like picking up a team for the ways they can help you. I love thinking that the only thing keeping Hawkeye down is not that he can't, not that he doesn't have a bow and arrow, but maybe he can't find the proper like string with tensile properties to be able to fire <laughs> yeah. an arrow. Yeah. Like that's what does it. And so when he finds Spider Man, he's like, oh, thank God, Spider Man. I need some webbing to make a bow yeah. and arrow. Thanks, dude. That's exactly it, Todd. Spider-Man is going to tech a, a piece of rebar and some webbing into your first really bad bow and arrow. And then you'll... And even the best part is that, like, you know, if this isn't Clint Barton with, like, Super Soldier Serum, he can't even bend the rebar, I imagine. No. So he actually finds Spider-Man just to 
just a the whole cloth. Yep. Make him a bow and arrow. Yep. And he's like, thanks, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, Kyle, it, I don't know that you intended to do this, but it sounds like you made a really cool Metroid game. Sure. <laughs> because like basically what you have told me is you're going to be uh, running around the ruins of this destroyed city, dodging murderous robots and finding oh, secrets right. and power to power I, up your abilities. I accidentally <laughs> did Metroid Dread. Oh, damn. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beans. Well, Metroid Dread's a really good game, so <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, okay, so we've got, let's see here. We've got uh, the alien brood is our monster. Uh, we've also got John Batman and his raw fruit loops. <laughs> And then we've got we've got murderous vision vision robots, which hits very hard a, a certain way uh, following what ifs uh, finale. I definitely didn't think of this because I can't get what ifs finale out of my head. <laughs> right. Okay, so now that the big monster or monsters have been vanquished, it's time for the most important part of the game, which is of course the third act twist reveal that will set up the bigger bigger bad for the next game in the franchise. So give me that big twist ending and and walk me through how that's going to set up the sequel or ideally sequels. Matt, starting with you. Yeah, you got it, Andrew. So I want to set up where we are before I give you the big twist. So let's recap, right? You are old man Logan in the old man Logan universe, which everybody says they know what it's about, but it's really whatever you need it to be. Just like the brood or whatever you need it to be. And just like <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home is whatever you need it to be. So <laughs> you were old man Logan and the brood crash landed their giant space whale in America spelled with a K and are <laughs> infecting and destroying everybody in America spelled with a K, right? And so you as Wolverine... Old man Logan have to stealth your way around town, avoiding the brood because you're too old to stave off the infection. And uh, you've got to talk to different NPCs, discern whether or not they're infected, maybe assassinate them if they are before the brood can infect you. It's a real survival horror situation. Till you meet Emma Frost, she gives you a disguise and sends you on this mission to go to the carcass of the dead giant space whale that the alien brood drove here to steal the racial soul and disperse the brood from your planet. <laughs> Still feels bad. Yeah, right? Doesn't it? We can call it Space MacGuffin because the only thing that beats yeah. the brood is a Space MacGuffin. Sometimes it's Captain Marvel. Sometimes it's the racial soul. Doesn't matter. So Every time I... It, I feel like so you're going to say racial slur. Like they have to get the <laughs> racial slur to win. And Why did it have to be racial soul? Like they literally could have taken any other two words. I know, man. I checked, them together. Like I checked a couple sources. I was like, this has to be a typo. No, it's, it's the racial soul. It's what it's called. So anyway, you enter the space whale and you're stealthing your way around all the brood you're too old and beaten and battered at this point to fight off. So this is really like, this is the horror. This is you crawling through the carcass of a dead space whale, trying to reach its brain cavity where the racial soul is kept. And you make it, and in the very last cutscene, as you take out your claws and cut the racial soul out of the brain of the space whale, 
a sentence I didn't expect to say today. <laughs> Suddenly the racial soul starts to lift out of your hand. Like someone is pulling it away from you and who should come through the brain cavity, but none other than villain of every old man Logan story, Victor Von Doom, Victor Von Doom mm. of America spelled with a K fame who <laughs> turns into the brood empress because turns out he's been infected the whole time and the yeah. brood empress and the hive mind of the brood has been working with Victor Von Doom to take over the world. <laughs> and in the sequel, you got to do it again or whatever in Doomland <laughs> in America spelled with a K. Got with it. bugs. So so you, you did a Last of Us. You did a The Last of Us. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I did a lot of things. If The Last of Us is what you want to tie it to, be my guest. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Uh, comments, questions, issues. I have a lot of issues, but yeah. but we don't have time for that right now. I I love the thought that that Doom, aka God Emperor Doom, like managed to get infected by one of these things, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's it's me now." Yeah. So like they this all right just to go down the rabbit hole, I guess the Brood have infected some really powerful beings, like. They infected All-Father Thor. Um, they <laughs> infected Captain Marvel. The big one that, like, blew my mind is, here's the buzzword, they infected the Ghost Rider, um, <laughs> and there was a Brood Rider for a little while. <laughs> no! Yeah. Of course there yeah. was. You, you want a picture of that one, too? Because I, I got a picture of that one, too. Why did All not? Right, why did yeah. we not talk about Brood Rider in our yeah. flavor text? Yeah, can our can our sticker next year be either Brood Rider or Goose Rider? I would like to nominate one of those two as our <laughs> Halloween sticker next year. I'll read you this comic panel because Ghost oh. Rider has been infected by the Brood. Oh Continued in X Men number nine and concluded next issue. That sucks. That is kind of that's that. I mean, no, it's kind of rad. That's, I mean, yeah, it, it's cool, it but sucks. also sucks. It sucks in a rad way. Like it sucks like a lot mm -hmm. of. It it sucks and is rad in the way that a lot of '80s hair metal both sucks and is rad. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I've seen this T-shirt for yeah. sale at yeah. a at a surf so surf shop in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it actually looks like um, this is this is only for me, but it looks exactly like the cover of uh, Iron Maiden's. Yeah, 12th album the final frontier i think that's their 12th album. this is definitely an iron maiden album for sure yeah yeah well that's what i got it's the brood baby all right, all right. um todd uh what's uh what's evil batman doing my <laughs> john batman well it's not batman it's it, well it is kind of batman but it's not the batman mm -hmm. in my mind matt the this whole brood everything is just the astronaut looking at the earth and saying it's the brood. Yep, it's <laughs> always, always has been. It. Always, has, always been. has been. Okay, so I I mentioned that that okay. So there's this big reveal, right? So so that super cool reveal where all these like important influential people, Wonder Woman, um, you know, Scarecrow, Lex Luthor, they all become these these deputized ring bearers, and that like that starts to turn the tide a little bit, and like we we have a little bit of hope. We're making traction, and then Necron is like. Ha ha ha, LOL, my power is still more powerful than what you have. Anyway, joke's on you. I'm not trying to just convert everyone into black ring lantern people. I'm going to kill the the thing that is the embodiment of the white lantern. Like the the <laughs> entity that, that supports the white lantern. Because like it's a really big deal when anyone becomes a white lantern. Because I think Hal Jordan was like the first one canonically 
and the White Lantern is the person that harnesses all the colors of all the, the rings, yada, yada. And so, anyway, Necron is like, I'm going to kill the being, the entity, that is the White Lantern. And everyone's like, oh, no, that's the worst thing you could do. Because <laughs> then we're all going to not have powers, and then the you're going to be super powerful. I don't know, plot. Mm. And so and then he plays his magical flute and summons the dragon zord from the from the water. Necron yeah. goes, I'm gonna kill God, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. He has the power of anime and God on his side. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so there's this whole moment where where it's like, well, who's gonna harness the power of the White Lantern to stop Necron? And so it's Sinestro. Sinestro does like this selfless thing, and he's like, I will do it. And so <laughs> He sacrifices himself to stop Necron. And like, this part sucks so bad. And so like, it's like he sacrifices himself and it like kind of helps. It kind of does what needs to be done. But anyway, the shittiest thing here is the thing that actually beats Necron is all of the heroes and, and living villains. Because everyone's alive. Like everyone is a is a Black Lantern or alive in some capacity. They all just decide that they will choose to be living beings as opposed to black lanterns. What? Oh, yeah. That's, it's that's just... the ending of this. They all just say like, no, we will, we will decide <laughs> to not be black lanterns. Oh, and that's it. That's it. No, I don't feel like dying some other time, maybe. <laughs> and, and so, so like, that's like, that's the ending of the, the run for blackest night. And it leads to brightest day, which I'll talk about here in a hot second. But like, the big deal is like, and that sucks. That super sucks. But the big deal is that all of the dead heroes and villains that were brought to life by Black Lantern rings are also still alive. So there's the implication that all these like resolved heroes and villains that their stories were done because they were dead, including one person who who's named like Death Man or Dead Man or something. <laughs> dead like Man. That. Dead, dead Man, Man is is real. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a whole big deal because Dead Man's not dead anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still he's live, man. man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a man. Um, he's he's Jonathan Man. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, like these are all alive now, and so it's it's just super stupid. Here's where we're gonna take it though, because Necron is dead. Necron's gone, banished, whatever. Didn't didn't get what he wanted to do. We can take parts of the Brightest Day storyline. So the big thing with Brightest Day, or at least uh, a whole number of stories spun off, because I have all these new heroes and villains that were dead and aren't dead. Um, one thing that happens, though, is that Lex Luthor, since he's been juiced up with the orange lantern, like Avarice ring, he's like, I want the power of God now. I would like that. Please, thank you. Very <laughs> I much. want the power of God and anime on my side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so and so he actually goes out searching to try and find the power and harness of the Black Lantern. So, I mean, we could like do that. And I think that's pretty cool if you have a a endlessly power hungry Lex Luthor um, I mean, listen, I also want to fight space Jeff Bezos, who is searching for <laughs> countless amounts of energy and power. So I'm, yeah. I'm in. And that could follow like heroes doing that. That's why Jeff Bezos built the rocket. He's going yeah, into he's, space to find the firing, orange lantern he's firing, <laughs> he's firing in his penis rocket to go find the, the lantern. I don't know. The other thing that I think is really fun is they did like a DC did a dark what if. And so they do a thing called Dark Multiverse, and they did a thing. They did a story run, Dark Multiverse Blackest Night, and so that story is effectively that Sinestro was like, "I'm gonna sacrifice myself to save it," and when he like stepped to Necron, he's like, "I actually can't. I'm not gonna do it." 
<laughs> and there's a panel where he takes the white lantern ring and like puts it the temp puts it to his temple and just like kills himself. Oh, and so Whoa. it's a universe where like they weren't able to stop Necron, and I think that like leads to a whole bunch of cool storylines. So it's it's DC zombies. Yeah, it's DC zombies. <laughs> and the so the bummer is like the storyline follows Lobo, which like no one ever needs to follow Lobo for anything. And so what's, I'm gonna stop what's talking. Lobo. Lobo, you don't well, remember Lobo? We talked about Lobo. I don't remember most things that we Lobo talked about. Lobo is if the frontman of an 80s hairband was a supervillain, a mm-hmm. space supervillain. Okay. Um, yeah. Literally, like, rides a motorcycle and has a guitar and talks like an, an 80s hair metal frontman. Well, and isn't it supposed to be playing off of Wolverine as well? Like, isn't that, like, taking some Wolverine energy? It's all aping... Like just the general vibe of '80s comics and uh, and the '80s in general, it's like mm-hmm. it's a pastiche of that, but it's yeah, uh, it's weird. Lobo, and it's weird. <laughs> Lobo looks like he would be. Um, remember the Jack Black video game? Um, Lobo oh, looks yeah. exactly like Jack Black in um, whatever that video game was called. Yeah. Um, uh, Something, something metal, something rock. Metal there was rock. a Jack Black rock video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was just like it was a heavy metal. Or all right, no, time out. No, heavy metal's the magazine. Uh, yeah, Jack Black video. Uh, brutal legend. Brutal, brutal legend. You <laughs> oh, yeah, have laughed on it. Um. Anyway, yeah. I don't know, Andrew. The pieces of the puzzle are there. Yeah. You can tell another cool story. Right. Just as okay. long as it's not like their ending, where it's like we choose to not be bad i do have one clarifying question for you todd so you yeah. keep saying zombies but if they're if they're lanterns don't they need to be sentient to like do lantern things i mean they're sentient zombies they are in the comic they are uh, a hive mind um driven kyle said hive mind i didn't say hive mind um <laughs> I, I, I want to not have that buzzword attached to what I'm doing. Today. Okay, so Todd, you did the exact same thing as Matt. Got it. No, okay. They are all taking noted. orders from Necron. Like, that's kind of Necron's yeah. whole okay, thing. So they, like, are, he gets they are the, one. They are Necron. Okay, he gets noted. the thing that controls them, and then he makes more because he get, can control more. Of but them. they do keep their own memories, and, like, they're, they are their person. Like it's it's. But they mostly whole... just use it to taunt the living people. They yeah, did. It's, it's like, hey, it I, sucks. didn't it suck when I died? Aren't you horrified? From aren't you still scarred from that time I died? Like that's all yeah. they do with their memories. They don't do anything cool with it. When Aquaman comes back as a Black Lantern and fights uh, Mira, Mira, yeah. yeah, like not great. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and listen, if we're gonna say Matt's doing a hive mind, we're gonna say I'm doing a hive mind. Um, I'm going to say Kyle, Age of Ultron. I never said I wasn't doing a hive mind. All right, well. That's the answer to today's daily double. Today's secret word is hive mind. Wait, all right. Wait, Kyle, are you doing a hive mind? You have to answer honestly. It's like asking if you're a cop. (laughs) I'm not not doing a hive mind. There, you're entrapped. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay, Kyle, Kyle, uh, your turn. What is your twist? Okay, so um, the good news here, Andrew, is I'm also just taking the same twist from the Age of Ultron comic. So you are gonna, you, Clint Barton, you know, you fight through New York, you assemble your team, you, you patch your bullet wounds and hobble together weapons and resources, and you, the third act of the, the, the game is you just fighting your way through Hordes and hordes of Ultron robots sneaking through, fighting through whatever you build your party to do. And you fight through, you get to 
to Ultron, only to find that it is not Ultron. It is Vision being controlled by Ultron from the <laughs> Man, future. That's, that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. So you come, ideas. You come to a, a fully um, disassembled vision spread out across a whole room, and he's got, got weird energy pumping into him, and he, he tells you his sad tale of how Ultron took him over, and, and the only way to stop, stop Ultron is, is by not stopping vision now, but stopping Ultron in the future. And he gives you coordinates to a time machine. That's where credits roll and, and you know, all these characters will appear in Marvel mm-hmm. Age of Ultron 2 when you pl- when that game comes out in five years and you play that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you have to buy all the DLC characters individually and then yeah. pay for the pay-to-win mechanics that Square Enix decided to put in five years after releasing it. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. Did, no one's played that Marvel's Avengers game, right? I'm the only one. Nope. Uh, oh yeah, no one's nope. that. Just you and you and my brother. It's so bad. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, let us then move on to our super secret bonus question, which is I kind of keeping with the Resident Evil theme here. We need to now, gentlemen, the masses, the masses. They love. They love this. They love this. They love this. People, are, the the public is clamoring for another adaptation, yet another adaptation of your video game ad- adapted from a comic. And much like the Resident Evil movie, because we know that the success of those movies is solely based on the fact that the storyline in the Resident Evil movie has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> uh, we we need a very bad a a a layman's crappy movie adaptation of your game adaptation because. The masses, the starving masses, cannot handle the the high concepts that your games are going to be portraying. So uh, after we come back from our break, I need you to give me your watered down movie adaptation in just a minute. Hi everyone, Kyle here to uh, remind you of our Patreon and just to give you a quick rundown of what joining our Patreon will get you at each tier. Uh, so for five dollars a month, you'll become a card carrying member of. Hashtag Buttthwomp Nation, which includes access to exclusive Debate This premium feed featuring our D&D real play podcast, The Office Drones. Members of Buttthwomp Nation will also get access to our private Discord server, where we talk about what we are playing and watching, or share cursed memes curated from the deeper recesses of the internet. For $10 a month, you'll unlock extended podcast episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and access to community events like movie night watch-alongs. Ever wonder what watching the Nick Cage ghostwriter over nonstop commentary by Matt would be like? Well, now you don't have to wonder anymore. And if you really want to spread the debate this love, you can join our $25 monthly tier to commission your very own flavor text. Anyone that stays at this tier for three months will be eligible to dictate our next lore deep dive. You want a book report on the deeper story behind 7-Up's Cool Spot? Great. How about a dramatic reading of Sonic fan fiction? Also great, and a little gross. And for the rest of the month of October, if you become a new patron or move up a tier, you will receive a special spooky Debate This sticker to help sweeten the deal. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Before we broke, we asked the super secret bonus question, what is that crappy, watered-down, summer blockbuster B-movie adaptation of your 
video game that's already adapted from a comic book storyline, what does that look like? Matt, go ahead. Oh, Andrew, I would love to give you the brood old man Logan, the book, the game, the movie. So because (laughs) this is a Wolverine movie and it's an old man Logan movie, we're not going to do anything really related to the game and the naming convention. We're just going to ride the SEO train and we're just going to call this movie Logan 2. And uh, (laughs) we're super going to get Hugh Jackman back. Hugh Jackman back in, baby. Logan 2, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Movie opens, he pulls himself out of the grave that he died in, and it's America now because he's been dead for like a long time with his healing factor or whatever. (laughs) And then he's got to go find Emma Frost because the brood are invading. And who's playing Emma Frost if not another nod to classic cinema that looks a lot like the brood? It's Sigourney Weaver from Alien, baby. (laughs) Sigourney Weaver, Hugh Jackman, no survival horror aspects. They're just going through America with a K, killing the brood together until Doom shows up and sets up for, you guessed it, Logan 3. Great. Why does America always, why is it always America with a K when, when they have to show America's <laughs> corrupted in some way? I love that the only difference between America being spelled with a C and a K is time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Todd, what do you got? As uh, just to get this started, I do want to share a picture of Necron and what Necron looks like because it's going to be important in a second. Oh, he looks even more like an Iron Maiden album cover. That's pretty Iron Maiden-y. All right, so here's where we're at. So this is, if we're talking summer B-movie straight to Netflix, the the trope that our zombie movie will be following is that of there is a main character and perhaps like a, a sidekick. You know, you've got your Hal Jordan, your Barry Allen, but everyone else is continuously just dying and disappearing because like... This entire storyline is anyone you care about is going to die and they're going to become a Black Lantern. So it's comical how quickly we lose supporting characters. And that's the whole bit. That's that's the bit. However, the thing that will both torpedo and save this movie is the voice acting. We're going to have two big casts, two big casting. One, uh, the role of William Hand, um, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Billy Hand. Billy Hand. Billy Hand. <laughs> Yeah, Billy Hand is going to be played by Gilbert Gottfried. I think that is important that Gilbert Gottfried's character is going to pull a skull out of the ground that is Batman's skull and have like his Shakespeare moment with this skull. <laughs> now, the big casting, Necron, who is certainly going to be mo-capped. Uh, Necron is going to be played by Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan <laughs> is voicing Necron. Um, he's going to roll in and and he's going to he's going to Take take the power of God is what he's doing. And if those castings don't work, I do want to say we could flip them. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> so Billy Hand is... <laughs> is Tracy Morgan. Okay. Going right. to cast Tracy Morgan as Black Hand Todd. See, that's why I didn't say the words out loud that you did, Kyle. Um, I, I won't say those words like that. Well, it's like they can just they can just wreck on him. He'll just be William Hand. <laughs> It doesn't have to be Black Hand. It'll be like a like a Fin Fang Foom situation. They'll, they'll name him Tracy Hand. <laughs> like Tracy Jordan. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably be like Hand Morgan. Um, <laughs> I I got to be honest. I half of me, a part of me, was really hoping that you were going to say Billy Hand would be played by Billy Zane. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I 
I really I locked in Gilbert Gottfried as one of them, and I was like, I don't know who's the better casting for <laughs> for, for famed voice actor Gilbert it's Gottfried. It's absolutely different. Uh, Kyle. Okay, so Andrew, our big our big Hollywood B movie blockbuster. First thing to start off, it's gonna be Age of Ultron in name only. Um, there will be no Ultron will not win. There will be no no world ending apocalypse of robots. You won't have to sneak in through hordes and hordes of robots to our third act. Um, that's number one. Number two, we are going to get problematic writer-director Joss Whedon to write and direct this movie. Um, Good. <laughs> um, and he's going to fill it with all kinds of silly things like um, a relationship between the Hulk and Natasha Romanoff, um, complete with a scene of Hulk tripping and falling into <laughs> Natasha Romanoff's cleavage. Um, it's going to be more about the creation of Ultron than it is um, defeating Ultron. Um, they'll defeat Ultron at the end, but it's going to be really disappointing, and we're all going to kind of be sad about it. Will, will uh, the science check out? As to, I mean, because Ultron's like a like Absolutely a free, not, like, Todd. The science ro- isn't going to make that sense really... at all. Huh. <laughs> Uh, now, Kyle, why would they make a movie about an yeah. artificial intelligence monster and not have sound science? It's it's what the people want, Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, the hype for this movie is going to be through the roof. Yeah, it's... Okay. Other qu- question, Kyle. Yes. Will a major, long-established character of the original roster die at the end? Um, no, but a character introduced in that movie... <laughs> Will then die two and a half hours later at the end of that movie. Well, wait, 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 wait. But well, okay, so that character that dies, though, I mean, it's obvious they don't have a power that could stop them from dying in that exact moment by using their only power. No, Todd, they're they're gonna get shot. They're gonna get riddled with bullets and just die instantly. And their power well, what's is their, gonna what's be their power. It's oh, super speed. Got, oh. It's super speed, Todd. So it's Man. it's really. Well, Wait, it's, wait, wait, Kyle, Kyle, but like, but like 10 minutes earlier in the movie, they're not going to show him moving faster than a bullet. Oh, are they like, they're not going to show him like throwing no, a we, punch. We already, we like, already started oh. rendering that footage in CGI. <laughs> so that scene also has to stay in the movie. Man. No, but yeah. No, Kyle, you mentioned a lot of things and, and you said legendary, not problematic director <laughs> Joss Whedon. Now I have to assume this movie's going to do really well. Oh, it's going to be the highest selling movie of the summer, no doubt. But no one's going to be happy about it. Wait, Ky- okay, wait. Okay. Now, now, Kyle, you you made some <laughs> remark about like the the Hulk falling into Natasha Romanoff's cleavage. Now, they won't they wouldn't they they couldn't make the longest running female hero of the team a damsel in distress at one point in the movie. Oh, Todd. How else are we going to drive conflict in in the third act after we've resolved all the issues of act one and two if <laughs> Natasha Romanoff doesn't get captured by Ultron and they have to go rescue her? I'm certain the other female hero of the team won't need a pep talk from a man to be good at being a hero. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Renner has has demanded a pep talk in, the, in his negotiations already, um, so we have to have him pep someone up. This and it doesn't day. make sense to have him pep up any of the male characters because they they already know what they're doing he's got to pep up one of the one of the new female characters because all, right, all, right, all, right. <laughs> all right all right all right all right we're the bit's fun the, we did a good stop bit. stop he's already dead, to me. <laughs> already dead. <laughs> kyle kyle you made an excellent crappy movie and with that <laughs> let's end today's with closing statements and i'm gonna let matt go first um 
Listen, I've never objected to anybody's closing statement before, but I feel personally attacked. <laughs> wait, were you a female lead in the movie that Kyle was describing? Well, I have to wait until Spider-Man No Way Home comes out before I can tell you that. <laughs> um, listen, man, The Brood is one of the most mad libby comic book creations ever created, but an alien infestation survival horror game where you can't tell who is and who isn't under control of the aliens and you can't let yourself get invested is a really good survival horror concept. I'm not going to argue for the brood, but I'll argue for the concept of that game. That is my closing statement. Uh, this is a pretty easy uh, choice for you to make, Andrew. One of us today brought you a DC property. And though I do love Marvel, they've not made a good video game. And I do not trust them. And so a DC Spider-Man for the okay. PS4. That's that is that is wholeheartedly disagree. That is yeah. Marvel. That is Marvel Sony. And I do not trust Marvel Disney to make good video oh, okay. games. And and you're comparing it to the DC video games that have actually had good Batman video games. They've actually Injustice and Injustice 2 were both pretty good. So what I'm saying is that a zombie game will be good. DC has a track record of like pretty good games. No, and so here we does. are. <laughs> Let's just, we're, we're just we're just gonna take the chocolate and the peanut butter, put them together. Mm-hmm. All the fixins are here. Okay. There's we've never gone wrong with a Green Lantern property in the <laughs> entertainment realm, Andrew. Please give me your money. <laughs> hey, <There's... laughs> real quick, if Ben and Jerry's were to make a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate flavored ice cream, they could market it as all the fixins are here. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you said it because it doesn't it can't show up anywhere else. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> it has wait, how many Smash characters are there? Like 90? I don't know. It has yeah, 90 different unique flavors in it. There's no it's ice cream. Much. There's no ice cream in it. It's just all their toppings that they put into <laughs> other ice cream. They they literally they literally sent all the employees home and said, everyone come back with 10 ingredients and we're going to see if we can get 90 unique ones and cram them. What do you guys think the anime sword boy of ice cream toppings is? Is it, is it Moki? It's Moki. <laughs> yeah. Which is just more ice or, cream. Or, or just some, or Pocky. Is it's also it? Mochi. Yeah, I was going to say oh. it's Mochi for sure. Well, no one stopped me in the first five seconds. Nah. And so I've, I've been conditioned to think that I'm right. I feel like it's espresso beans. I think Ooh. espresso Ooh. beans are the anime sword. I mean, I would topics. absolutely put espresso beans on my ice cream, so that tracks. Mm. <laughs> Kyle, say the say the dumb thing you're gonna say. Um, so my closing statement is: anyone who fears AI, an AI takeover, is absolutely right. Terminator is one of the best horror movies of all time. Pick Age of Ultron to be your horror survival game. Got it. Cool. All right. Well. I've got some things to think about. Um, While I think about those things, why don't you guys go around the horn and talk about good vibes? Yeah, man, Todd, uh, Blackest Night, great storyline. Almost like I've talked about it on this show before. Yeah, that's not (laughs) before we started. Um, No, I I don't know if you remember. Actually, I know you don't remember when we talked about Blackest Night, but uh, we talked about what Smash Brothers character should get what color ring. And I said you should give the black ring to Rob. And Mm. I am willing to put my cards on the table and admit here that your 
Blackest Night story was better than my Blackest Night story. Um, hmm. I mean, I like zombie shit. It's cool. I'm, I dig it. <laughs> yeah. For, for what it's worth, your Blackest Night story was also better than the Blackest Night story that I came up with like three years ago because I too talked about Blackest Night because oh. we have all one of us, each of us talked about yeah. Blackest Night on this stupid podcast before. Wow. We should learn some more DC comic book arcs, you guys. Or at least more nah. Green Lantern comic book arcs. Yeah. I mean, name, there are, there are two. Yeah, there are two. It's Blackest Night and the other one and, that you just talked and about. And you can't, yeah, you can't say Brightest Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sinestro War is the third one. Yeah. But that, well, well, there there's the go. three. That's Those yeah. are the three I would have named. Um, Kyle, I'm pretty mad about your super secret bonus question <laughs> answer. That's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I really like Age of Ultron the movie. A big part of the reason that I like Age of Ultron the movie is that I didn't know anything about the Age of Ultron <laughs> comic book story until What If happened and I started reading about it. Uh, and then suddenly I was like, oh, I get it. I get why everybody hates this movie. But I really like AI Takeover. It's real scary. That's I don't have an Amazon Alexa and I refuse to get one because I don't want the government listening to my secrets. Um, but but cool story, man. <laughs> um, for the record, I have no major issues with Age of Ult- with Avengers: Age of Ultron. I just yeah. could not pass up that opportunity for the bit. Uh, the bit the, was too the good. Issues, the issues that I have with the movie are the ones that Kyle was dunking on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. same, yeah. honestly. Matt, uh, if you would have said that you were doing aliens today, I wouldn't have guessed that you were doing alien parasites in the way that you did. And I kept comparing it to like the scrolls in my mind and i think i prefer what you did more than the scrolls i liked everything you did until you said there's a mutant named brew i did not like that <laughs> um, yeah. everything else you did was very good and very scary i think so um that was very very good uh kyle the game that you described of like an all sentient robot monster trying to murder me is actually horrifying I share some of the same conspiracy uh, concerns that <laughs> Matt has. Uh, we we do have a Google Home. Um, Google is in our home. Google sets our alarms. Um, Google is always listening everywhere. So so when the robot uprising happens, uh, don't count on Todd because he in might already mind, be dead. In my mind, it's the scene from Transformers where Shia LaBeouf's like phone turns into a transformer and tries to kill him. It'll be that. <laughs> Um, it's I the the one that keeps coming back to me is the scene in iRobot where all the robots just turn evil and are like, nope, you can't leave now. Um, please don't yeah. try that. Um, that's what your Google Home's going to do. It's just going to lock your doors every time you try to leave. D- well, to, so we got the Google Home Mini just in case we need to overpower it. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's first here, Matt? Good, very good pull with the Brood. Um, I think uh, the Brood is a perfect pick for like a an alien or space type horror monster um, in this, in this fun game we played. I'm also 80% sure that the brood were the main influence behind slivers in the game magic, which is Mm. one of my favorite um, tribes and mechanics in magic. I'm like 80% sure that just um, old magic articles are hard to uh, Google search. So I can't confirm that right now. I love that. And Todd, um, good job being the the fourth and final person to talk about Blackest Night on this podcast. <laughs> um, good job picking out zombies to round out our horror, our horror survival game tropes. And um, 
I like, again, I like your ending to Blackest Night much better than the actual ending to Blackest hey, Night. Same. Do, do you guys want to hear something even more upsetting about the main focus of Blackest Night? So remember how I brought up Black Hand, a.k.a. William Hand? The DC wiki has told me one of his aliases is Dr. Wilbur Palm. <laughs> that's some like, that's some like Mega Man shit. Were, were comics a mistake? Comics wow. were in fact a mistake. Oh my god, that's, that's so, real bad. So good and we'll, dumb. We'll have to do a Blackest Night flavor text and just put this to oh bed once god. and for all. Dr. Um, Palm. That really fucking sucks. Okay, so I, something something execs, who cares? Um, so they, basically the, the decision was, I pitched all three of these because I gotta tell you guys, I liked all three of these. I genuinely liked all three of these. These are, you, you guys, like I said earlier, you hit the, the three corners of the survival horror <laughs> genre. Um, the 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 fourth corner, I think we would have had room for a, an alone in the woods kind of scenario, a, a Slenderman, Ooh, uh, yeah. a, a Slenderman, a, a Dave a Slenderman, Slenderman, if you would, <laughs> if you will. So let's start with Todd. So Todd, I, I pitched your idea. Unfortunately, they did not go forward with it um, because they some, went super forward with it because <laughs> the entire boardroom of of uh, executives rolled their eyes as soon as I said zombies and everyone said, Oh, also they said black as night. We did this already. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Fair. But they, but they definitely like um, uh, anti Batman and his, and his super hard, not soggy fruit loops. So they're going to try to fit that in somewhere. So we'll, we'll keep that on the, good on thing the, they, the they were ringer. listening to the pitch then. Yeah, exactly. They really, they really stuck in on one. You thing. did net a serial deal out of it of uh, <laughs> super hard black Fruit Loops. <laughs> John, John Batman's black O's. They're, they're they're made with activated charcoal, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I like that, um, Kyle. Uh, everyone's ears perked loved up it, when I loved it, and they're gonna green light my game. Please don't interrupt all- me. Please don't interrupt me. Kyle, everyone's ears perked up when they saw when they saw Rogue AI. Um, but then somebody said, Oh crap, Metroid Dread just came out. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to let that one simmer at least six months and until Nintendo realizes that uh they never will put any work into the Metroid franchise. <laughs> so give it give it six to eight months. Uh so then that makes today's winner Matt. Hello! For for a few reasons that I'd like to go over very quickly. Um one I think everybody definitely did the assignment, but Matt did the the assignment the most by uh, taking a severely over overpowered character and underpowering him immensely by making him old man, and also uh, <laughs> by in- injecting a villain that I guess really I mean is the the one danger that Wolverine the one threat against Wolverine is something taking over his body, which is which is pretty rad. So I like that a lot. Also. Um, I like Alien Isolation. That's a critic. That is a very, very much underloved game. So yeah, it's a really um, good one. Yeah, so uh, so that's going to be today's episode. Um, thanks everybody for listening in to debate this. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at debate this cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. One more time, please uh, take a minute to visit our Patreon site at patreon.com/debatethiscast. You will find that we have made some big updates to our Patreon tiers, including removing the $2 tier. We are now uh, changing the $5 Butthwomp Nation tier to the entry-level tier, so that will get you access to the premium feed, the Discord, and live streams of the Palooza's Loose. 
We're adding a $10 tier, which will give you extended good vibes, which will add another mm, 15 minutes onto your normal debate this episodes, in addition to giving you access to our, our, our collaborative, I almost called them speaker notes, but like, yeah, fuck it, speaker notes, our Google Doc. So you can see all of the all of the weird pictures that Matt and Todd have put on here, the over-sexualized brood images that apparently are on the Marvel Wiki. And then our $25 tier, which will give you access to uh, commissioning flavor texts and also give you access to our regular movie night watch-alongs. Until next time, I'm Andrew Henderson. I'm Matt. Come here, brood boy, boy. Can you get it up, Cole? <laughs> I'm Todd, spooky union jobs built this country, Thomas. And I'm Kyle, old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like brood were, Harper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the scenes.